0: everybody welcome to time of your life today i'm speaking to the incredible michelle paradise michelle is an international speaker and personal development coach on DeepRack chopra's digital wellness platform and i'm going to say it wrong is it jivo jivo michelle which is it GIO. J- i knew that uh, Gio. <laughs> okay everybody so before she began helping people michelle was an international runway model but suffered from anorexia nervosa so she embarked <laughs> on a journey to figure out what she could do to free herself. After years of studying several methodologies, such as NLP, hypnotherapy, and havening techniques, she now works to make a difference in the lives of people with issues around weight, anxiety, trauma, and most importantly, their relationships with themselves, because that's where it all begins. Michelle, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to
0: be here. No problem at all. Now, we are talking in Menopause Month in the UK, and that's particularly why I wanted to have you on board, because uh, my own personal experience during midlife was that I found my relationship with myself reached an all-time low, and I just wanted to talk to you about how you think that goes. So how do you think women change their
1: relationship with themselves during menopause? Oh, such a great big question. Well, having been, as you said, a runway model for years, I did you know, focus a lot on the way I looked. So that was a big shock. Um, Creepy skin, loss of collagen, losing hair, menopot, my favorite thing. You know what I mean by menopot, that little bloopy belly that you get, which I oh, never yes. had. Oh, no, no. Don't know that at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, now <laughs> yes, you know the term, okay? <laughs> um, yeah. Even after two children, I didn't have a menopot. So I, yeah, developed that, hated it, still have it working on it every day. Um, and the mood swings. And, um, I've noticed I work with a lot of women. I, lo- I work with men and women, but I work a lot more with women and the incredible mood swings. Even, um, sometimes I'm working with a client that is in her th- uh, late thirties, early forties, and I will ask them if they don't mind, I do it very compassionately, if they would have their hormones checked because of perimenopausal situations. And, uh, more than not, they find out that their hormones are all over the place. So it really helps them to stabilize in that way. But I notice a lot of women suffer from on the way they've never had it before, anxiety in a way that they've never had it before. It's almost like they've been possessed. And I find this one very interesting. And that's the kind of thing I, I do help hopefully help women um, navigate. And we do that by going back into their childhood and finding some of the triggers. Do you think anxiety, because um, I, I suffered from it and actually I've spoken to quite a few
0: people about um, menopause and That's the recurring theme that comes out anxiety. And Mm. I had really bad social anxiety as well. I didn't Mm. want to go and see people. I just wanted to sit, you know, sit in my room and and sit in my pants and watch TV. But do you think, do you think we're always too willing to blame ourselves and say, what's wrong with me? As opposed to, oh, it's my hormones.
1: Yes, I think that's, uh, I'm going to call it the curse of being female, actually, because I I notice myself and girlfriends, and I think you might identify with this, even if it's not on a personal level. Women, we tend to always go to ourselves first. If we break up with somebody, it's like, what did I do wrong? Wasn't I pretty enough? Wasn't I thin enough? Wasn't I this enough? We don't ever really... Look at the bigger picture, you know, that it's two of us involved and there may, they may have some issues and I may have some issues, but we really do look inward and take blame first. That's what I've noticed. And I think that whatever a woman is doing in her life, it is exacerbated by menopause. It is magnified sometimes way beyond what we could ever imagine. How
0: self-aware do you think we are of these changes? Because actually, I, it took me all really by surprise and, mm-hmm. and and I find that really quite pathetic because I'm a, you know not a not a complete idiot and you'd think I'd understand that oh yes I my 50s uh you know late 40s 50s it is menopause but I didn't seem to be aware at all about it and I would find myself you know sobbing in the toilets or or just, you know, not wanting to, or calling friends to not say, I know we said we were going out, but I can't because I'm ill, so to speak. And I wasn't, I just didn't, couldn't face going. How self-aware do you think we are about these changes?
1: Not, not at all. <laughs> um, I'll tell you why. Cause I mean, I work, I, I, I talk about sex a lot in my work. Uh, I help people maneuver that part of their life. And this falls into the same container of sex. And it's still very taboo for people. I'm sexually liberated from shame myself, but I meet so many women and men that are that that carry around so much sexual shame. And I think this is also in that category. We just don't talk about it. It's also it's also a real turning point, and I'm sure you know this. The three stages of women: maiden, mother, and crone. Hate that word, but it's meant to be the time where. We are no longer able to procreate. However, we have all this wisdom. And I think we don't notice that. We, we, we sort of grieve and mourn the loss of not being able to have babies anymore. But we can go into such a beautiful time in our life. And we need to speak to each other about that and educate each other and have some empathy and compassion for each other. But I think it's, there's a lot of shame around it, a lot of shame. Still. Yes, definitely. That's, that's not good, is it? No,
0: I, I do agree with you for, because for me, um, you know, I've been reading Glennon Doyle recently, who is um, a motivational speaker that I'm sure, I'm sure you're aware of. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things she was saying is you really have to reach bottom before you can come through. And for me, it was very much like that. I had to reach rock bottom before I found what I wanted to do with my life which is, Mm -hmm. you know, talk about all these midlife issues and help women coming through to to show them that actually midlife can be an amazing time. But I don't think many people are still getting that message. I still hear the word ageism a lot and people having to justify that, you know, I know I'm old, but.
1: Exactly. And that's what I was was going to say. So thank you for going there. Because I think when a woman says menopause to herself or others, it is the subtext is I am getting old or I am old or I am drying up, which I don't believe any of those myself, but I'm just saying I, this is what I hear. And, and when I'm working with somebody that's in their forties and I suggest, as I said earlier, having their hormones checked, I have to be really careful how I go into that conversation because there's a lot of resistance. And afterwards they're like, you know, thank you for mentioning that because there is a problem. I'm not in menopause, but I can do something to help myself with the mood swings and everything else. So yeah, there's just way too much shame around the ageism of it, first of all, and then it's the loss of things, you know, because we, we feel like we're losing something. But as I said earlier, we're gaining so much because we have wisdom and experience and it's our time to give back to others in a way that really has a profound effect. How do you think our partners cope with these changes? Well, again, well, I'm going to see, I'm going to use a word that I haven't used yet, but I'll probably use it many more times. Communication. (laughs) We don't communicate. We don't communicate these things. And, you know, we, one of the most dangerous things in the world is mind reading, you know, oh, well, they just get it. They know what I'm going through and they don't. They don't. It's probably as terrifying for them sometimes or more so because they've heard horror stories. Is my wife going to turn into a crazy person? I've heard the term menopausal maniac, which I hate, Um, but it's it's used. And just one one other part of that. It's not just our partner. It's also our children I think it's really important to have that conversation with our children and I encourage women to do that. I did it with my children and of course my son in particular is like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear about that. But he needed to know, he needed to know that these are the changes that a woman goes through. They're okay. They're normal. I might get a little bit crazy. So he could have uh, the opportunity to maneuver that situation with me. So communication is everything, absolutely everything. Don't expect them to mind read you, anybody in your life for that matter. Okay, so when when a woman comes to you and she's struggling
0: with her relationship mm-hmm. in midlife, is mm-hmm. she aware that possibly the friction could be caused by her and the changes that are happening to her um, physically as opposed to it's her husband or
1: partner not understanding her? Rarely. This is... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for asking that question. And I wasn't even going to bring this in and I'm not doing a plug really, but I've, I'm just about to launch my new course and it's called, it's not you, it's me. And, but I'm playing on that because that's that dreaded thing we hate hearing at the end of a relationship. We go, yeah, right. He just wants to get out or she just wants to get out. But my, my perspective is it isn't you, it is me. And it's about having the ability to have some insight some self-awareness because in our lives we get triggered by things all the time and the reason we get triggered by something is because they are old wounds and if you imagine a gun which I hate but it's a great metaphor if a gun isn't loaded and you pull the trigger nothing happens if the gun is loaded and you pull the trigger there's an explosion so when we are triggered by others like the husband or the you know the partner or the child it isn't them, they're just, they haven't made us feel any specific way. They've just reminded us of an old familiar wound that we have not resolved. We have not processed out. And that's the kind of work I do with people, particularly women.
0: Do you, do you find women come to you earlier or, or is midlife? I'm particularly conscious that most women, if they are going to commit suicide, commit suicide around the age of 50. Mm. It,
1: do most people come to you during midlife or do they come to you earlier? Well, it's interesting because when I look at my analytics at the moment in particular, I have loads of millennials because, you know, they're really struggling mm. um, with their identity, with work, with, you know, success, all of those things. There's a lot of anxiety. I have men as well, but predominantly women. And then there's this huge gap. Um, I, I'll get some 40 somethings um, and then I start getting the 60 somethings. So I don't think. The women that are actually in menopause do reach out for help very often. That's my experience. I don't know. What is yours? My
0: experience is is that you know when you're pregnant. You know roughly how long it's going to take. You know what the result is going to be. Once you start having your periods, you roughly know they're going to be once a month. With menopause, you've no idea when you go into it. You've no idea how long it's going to last. And you've no idea how your body's going to handle it. It's It's the most challenging thing for women. It is. So, so I, 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 I'm not surprised. And there's so many other things going on for women during menopause, such as, you know, emptiness syndrome, mm-hmm. um, maybe at work, people saying that we're going, you know, uh, you see it every day in, in uh, the, t- the world of TV, people changing old women out for younger uh, mm-hmm. men or women. And I
1: think there's a lot of insecurity. Couple that
0: with the hormones, I think it's a really challenging time for women.
1: It is. Because the one thing, I'm sure you know this, the brain hates is uncertainty, hates it. And change is is a a close second. So you've got both there. You've got this incredible uncertainty and then you're changing. I mean, it, you know, my mother's day, it was called the change of life. That's what they used to call it, which is very strange expression, but true. That's what they used to call it. So you've got uncertainty coupled with change. It's a nightmare. It really is. And then we don't want to talk about it, Right. So that creates a whole other problem. So we suffer in silence and we get crazy. I don't want to use the word crazy. But we get more and more unbalanced because our hormones are unbalanced and it just can end in disaster. As you said, you said, you know, that statistic about 50 year old women around 50. Is that when they commit suicide? I actually wasn't aware of that. I, I am, um, it's good to know. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. Um,
0: and couple with that, that, uh, midlife women are the, fastest growing demographic in the world seem to be the largest demographic in the world. And mm. yet I hear all other, uh, minority groups getting their voice heard. And I never hear the voice of midlife women getting heard.
1: No, that's, that's actually my really big message. My, my big, the, the reason I do the work I do really got me going in this direction. Cause I've been doing lots of, you know, human behavior stuff for years, but I really started focusing more on women and, um, loneliness. Okay. Cause I think what a lot of women and you touched on a lot of women in particular, men do as well. What they really suffer with is loneliness within a relationship. And that is a real unknown for a lot of people because people look at them and they go, you have a husband, you've got a house, you've got a couple of kids, you go on holidays, all that. You must be happy. You're okay. I'll move on. You know, I'll talk to my girlfriend that's just broken up. There's an incredible amount of loneliness, particularly in this present moment that we're in. And the other thing, women regularly, even the young ones who I'm working with have never found their voice. So that's what I really help and enable women to do is find their voice and use it. And a lot of that comes from childhood developmental traumas, relational traumas where the kid was not valued, not, not listened to because all. All we want as humans are three things, to be seen, to be heard, and to be loved. And if you don't get those in childhood, that can, will lead to problems like not having your voice as an adult, not having your voice in the bedroom, um, becoming a people pleaser, just accepting things because you want to be loved, you want to be accepted. And I could go on, but I think you get what I'm talking about. So it's my whole thing is loneliness and helping people find their voice within that loneliness.
0: Where should they start if they want to, if they find themselves in a you know there's nothing you're absolutely right there's nothing worse at least if you're on your own everyone sees that you are Ooh. on your own and they can see you dating if you're in a relationship everyone assumes everything is pretty much okay how how do, you, how
1: do you how do women start to find their way forward in those situations well number one they please stop blaming yourselves because I think we do I think we we think we're not good enough I mean just about every woman I work with eventually says I'm not good enough So that's not true. (laughs) You know, you're amazing. You're an amazing human being. You've done so much in your life. If you're a mother in particular, raising children, all the balls that you're juggling. So I think we have to stop the blame and forgive ourselves. People talk about self compassion a lot. I call it self forgiveness. Because people, it's like, well, what does self-compassion look like? What does self-care look like? And I have a technique that I do, you know, obviously not, we won't do it at the moment, but it's a heart-centered exercise where you put your hands on your heart and you go inside and connect with your little girl and you forgive her for the decisions that she made. Because what we do is in childhood, we make a lot of decisions called coping strategies, survival strategies, based on our needs at that moment. And they pass their sell-by date. And we get to 30, 40, 50, and we're still running those survival strategies. And one of the big ones I've already mentioned, which is people pleasing. So if a woman's running around pleasing everybody and not herself, that she will hit a wall. She will definitely hit a wall. And I think menopause really is, is part of the, uh, the equation for hitting that wall. It really, it's in the mix. Now, I totally agree with that. And I'm
0: absolutely as guilty as anyone as having been a people-pleaser most of my life. And recently, I've brought doing what I want into my life. And I spoke to a friend the other day, and she said, I'm going to go away and come back when nice Karen comes back because she didn't like what I was saying. And that's quite a tough thing because a Mm -hmm. lot of women don't like hearing what you really think. They want you to go along the line um, of, oh, yeah, I said that as well. Oh, yeah, but I can't say that to him. Because it makes them feel better about themselves. So sometimes other women are not helpful to us in, in no. striving forward to get what we want. How do we, how do we help each other?
1: Well, I sort of, um, this is sort of the, at the core of my being. There's a wonderful poem. I'm not going to recite it, but it's called A Reason, A Season, A Lifetime. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. No, but I'm going to bung it up on the, uh, on the blog. Please do, because it will help so many people. And it's how people come in, into our lives for a reason. Or a season or a lifetime. And it sounds like, so before I say the rest of it, I'll say, I believe that everybody that comes into our lives is a, is a messenger. They're either a messenger or a teacher, right? So your friend, I, what I would say, this is a big leap because I don't know her, the situation. She came into your life either for a reason and or a season and you've changed. Um, well done that you have changed. And you're looking after yourself and sometimes people then are no longer able to stay in your life because they're not on that path. They're not on that, that sort of self-reflection and, uh, they can't take it and that's okay. That's okay. I just, it just makes me feel a lot better knowing that you're not losing people in your life. It's just that we're all changing and we're moving in different directions. And I'm sure that if you think about her, um, did she have a message for you or did she teach you anything that you needed to know? Yeah, life? she did. You're absolutely right. She did. There you go. She did. But when I said when
0: I said to her, I absolutely feel better for having been true to what I believe. Right? You're, whether whether my belief is right or wrong, what mm-hmm. I said, I came from my heart. Yep. Yeah. And I was very happy I'd done that because usually I would do something much more uh, nuanced to fit oh, in yeah. with what I think she wants to hear. Yep. Yeah.
1: Um can I just comment on that? Cause that's yes, really of super important. As I said earlier, we come into, we're born looking for, to be seen, to be heard and to be loved. And we are authentic. We are authentic beings. And as we grow up and believe me, I'm not blaming anybody's parents cause I'm a parent too. And I have not got it right. And I've apologized to my children. yeah, I'm taking I, the blame. <laughs> I'm yeah. taking the blame for mine, <laughs> but, um, and they understood and we had a great conversation, but what happens is when we, our needs aren't met, And they're frequently not met because our parents are stressed out. Financially, they're stressed out or they're working too hard or they have health issues. There's all kinds of reasons. What happens is we then start developing those coping strategies. But actually what they are, are we're adapting our personality. So what you've just described and hurrah for you is that you're going back to your authentic self. You're letting go of, you're dropping some of the masks, if I may call them that, of personality adaptation, and you're saying, I'm going to be my authentic self, take me or leave me. And some people will leave you. And that's okay. Because it's about you honoring your authentic self and not pleasing other people to fit in to their needs from you. But that's not easy. And particularly in
0: menopause, when Mm -hmm. you question yourself, because you think, am I really feeling this? Or is it because my hormones are telling me or taking me to this place?
1: Well, what I do is um, I used to be quite reactive, especially at the beginning of menopause, you know, very reactive, very hyper vigilant, And I could see it. I used to sort of sometimes have an out of body experience looking at myself. And I really do now take, take a couple breaths. I mean, seriously, it sounds so simple, but if you take three deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth, breathing in a calm color and a calm word and exhaling what you don't need, it, it's, it. it f- Medically, physically resets you, and uh, re- certainly resets your brain. And then you say what you want to say. I, I think it's really good to be able to pause and give some time and space, because the pause is where the magic happens, even in a sentence. You know, it's that little bit in between. And I, I really think that helps to have that pause and uh, allow it to grow organically. And then what, what you do is you may say it in a more compassionate way. I'm a real, I'm a big follower of nonviolent communication. Are you, are you familiar with it? Dr. Marshall? No. Rosenberg? Oh, fabulous. I use it with all my clients and I've even developed a, an acronym for it called send. So it's situation, emotion, need, and desire. We don't have time, but, but what it basically is, is there's a situation and you have an emotion and you go inside and you recognize your emotion and not blame the other person, not saying you, Karen, but people as they do. Oh, he made me feel like that. And she said that to me and I felt terrible. Well, that's again, your internal triggers. And then you state your emotion. When you said that to me, I felt, I felt angry or sad or whatever, but there's no blame. And then the need is, and in those kind of situations, I really need to feel safe. I'm just making this up as I go along. And in the future, I'd be grateful if we, when we talk about these things, we could talk about them like this. And that's, that's it. So it's situation, emotion, need, and desire. And that's nonviolent communication. What we tend to do is go, you really made me angry when you said that you don't listen to me. You don't care about me, all that. And then of course the other person is going right into their corner, putting their gloves on and formulating the next thing they're going to say and not listening to you at all. So I think we can say anything we want to anybody in the world. If we do it in a compassionate way and in a nonviolent, non-aggressive way, does that make sense? Totally. Totally. But, but you
0: need, you, you're absolutely right. You need that calmness to go through that thought process because mm, of all course. the time, I think and that's not true. Many of us, I think, are, are feeling our own hurt and not thinking about the other person or what we actually want from the situation.
1: Exactly. Would you, yeah, so that's it. So there's the situation. What are my emotions? What do I need? What do I need? We we rarely do that. We we go into blame. We're in a very blame culture. I'm sorry to say, but we are. It's this is about taking responsibility because that will be an old wound. That won't be that person. That will be a trigger. And instead of blaming, go inside and say, "What do, what is my emotion? What do I need right now?" Voice that. That's finding your voice. Voice that to them, and then. You know, in a very kind and compassionate way, because you are pretty calm by then, you're not blaming or shouting or screaming. You say, you know, in the future, when, when we get into this situation again, could we do it this way? Um, and check in with them and let them have a, you know, they have a voice as well in, in it. And I, it's just, it works so beautifully. I do it a lot with couples, but you do it with anybody. It's platonic, romantic, um, and it just makes the other person, it opens the other person's ears because they're not being blamed for anything. You're taking full responsibility for your emotions and for your needs. And I just think it's a beautiful way of communicating with people. I, I totally get that. But that's a terribly mature way of handling it. And
0: sometimes we're just not mature. <laughs> You're that's like why sometimes
1: just, we just want to... And sometimes... put your big girl pants on. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> we all go, go into our childhood selves because that's where we learned all this stuff. The brain, the thing that the brain, I talked about what the brain doesn't like. The brain yeah. loves familiarity. And the, the root word of familiarity is familial. So it comes from the family. And that's where we learn between one and seven. We learn all this stuff and we just hang on to it. We don't think about it. And we just fire it off unconsciously. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Bruce Lipton and Dr. Joe Dispenza, but they, they and many other doctors say we spend 95% of our day in an unconscious state. Isn't that shocking? I think it is. We're just, I'm, not, I'm quite happy about that. I don't know that. But when you talk about communication, yeah, some things like, you know what, you know, a door looks like that. You don't have to think about it every time when you go up to something that's rectangular and has a sort of handle or something on it. But but we become unconscious about our conversations and about our arguments and about our disagreements. So I can look at some couples and they're actually having the same argument over and over again. The topic changes, but it's the same argument. And I've been there. Maybe you have too. And we, and are they open to, to to seeing that about themselves? Well. You asked me a question earlier. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I can answer it now. Like, when do women come to me or when do people come to me? When they're really fed up (laughs) because they've tried (laughs) just about everything else. Seriously. And when I notice and I believe and I learned in all my trainings that people make changes when they're really fed up. So I put no pressure on people even to have a second session with me. I leave that entirely up to them. But they get results and they want to come back for more and they want to learn. Cause this is a, you know, this is a new muscle memory to learn how to communicate differently. We, their unconscious state is based on all our muscle memories, eating, driving, uh, making love, arguing, whatever, opening doors. They're all muscle memory stuff, mind body connected. So you, you got to come out of that unconscious state, go into the 5% of your day, learn something new. And then it becomes a muscle memory. And that's what's so beautiful about the brain because it has neuroplasticity and the ability to remorph, reframe, reset things. And I have lots of optimism with human beings. I think they're amazing. And I see people change all the time for the better. Okay. With so much going on in our bodies for me- in menopause, give us one piece of
0: advice that can help us cope and ensure that our relationships stay healthy.
1: One piece of advice. Well, I don't know if this is a piece of advice, but I found menopause sexually liberating because I didn't have to worry about getting pregnant anymore. I didn't have to worry about periods and all that because I had very heavy periods, very uncomfortable. So I, it wasn't nice to be around me before and after. Um, I found it liberating in that when I was dating, I'm in a relationship now, I'm not married, I'm divorced. Um, but when I was dating, I didn't have to take the responsibility so much for STDs. You know, like I had to take responsibility for birth control, most of the time. This time, the guy had to take responsibility for STDs. And we must be careful out there, ladies and gentlemen. So I found that liberating. And sex just became, I mean, I had the most incredible orgasms, uh, more than I had before menopause. May I talk about these things? Is that okay? Of course. Of course. And, um, I had a squirting orgasms, which, you know, sort of, uh, like men have, which I'd never had before. So I am loving menopause in that sense. It's sexually liberating for me.
0: What surprised you most personally about
1: menopause? Um, probably like you, how it came upon me without me noticing. There's a wonderful metaphor, a story of a frog. I don't know if you've ever heard it. If you put a frog in boiling hot water, the frog will jump out to save its life because it doesn't want to be hurt or it doesn't want to be in that much pain or change. But if you put a frog in sort of cold or tepid water and begin to turn the heat up gently, the frog doesn't notice. And you can still get to the same temperature as the boiling that you dropped the first frog in. So it's this sort of drip, drip, drip. You don't realize how much your life is changing. And that for me was sort of the most surprising. It was just living my life every day, not realizing how much I was changing, and then having a real moment of clarity and looking back and realized how far I had come from the person I used to be uh, into this, this state of menopause into this sort of container of menopause. And that's when I really sort of took myself in hand and started doing some research and learning how to calm myself down and, you know, meditation. And I do something called Havening, which calms people down very, very quickly. All they need is their hands. So yeah, I started taking responsibility for it, but I wasn't aware of it. I was like the frog in the tepid water that the temperature kept going up. Does that metaphor make sense? I'm totally the frog. I'm totally the frog next to you. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> Good. I don't like being alone. <laughs> no. I, I, I'm, in, I'm in the tepid water and it heated up and I just had not got a clue. Exactly. What and
1: I think so many of us are like that. We just don't know what we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. And we need to talk to our sisters a lot more about it without shame and without worrying about, Being old, because it's not old. It's just a different and wonderful, worldly wise part of our lives. Because we know so much, and there's this sort of calm about us. I know we may not always appear to be calm, but there's a calm about us. I
0: I completely agree. That, and we're saving money on on sanitary products as well. Totally.
1: Thank God for that! <laughs> All that worry and stuff. I'm, I did oh, not nothing. miss that for a minute. Did not. I miss don't it. miss that for one minute either. Michelle, you've been amazing. I've
0: got another couple of questions though, completely unrelated, which I sure. haven't told you about in advance. Ooh. I'm going to pop you on a desert island. Oh gosh! I want to know which beauty product you take with you.
1: Oh, that's a tough one for me. because I love beauty products <laughs> <laughs> You can take um, one. You've got sunscreen all around the island. there's little sunscreen dip- you know dispensers. you're fine on that? Okay. well, if I have sunscreen, then this one's okay because you're not meant to use this very much in the sun, but I take my retinol with me. <laughs> 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 oh yes, I, Fair I want that smooth skin, that baby smooth skin. Yeah, I, I love retinol. I think it's great. I know we're not meant to use it in the sun, uh, but if you put a good sunscreen on top of it, then I think we're okay to go. What do you yeah. think? Is well, that a good one? Yeah, or, you, or you're using it at night? I, I, absolutely. Yeah, retinol is yes. fantastic stuff. Okay, on which fragrance would you take with you? I'm a real Chanel girl. And yep. I've tried just about all of them, but I I still think my favorite is allure. And I just like the word as well. It's a good word, isn't it? Allure. It is a great word. Yeah. It's a very, um not too heavy, but not too light. And every time I get in a taxi in the old days when we got in taxis and went places, taxi drivers would always comment, what are you wearing? And they'd sometimes write it down and get it for their wives. So I thought, hmm, that's a good one. Definitely a good one. It-
0: yeah. Then, you know, you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. Michelle, thank you so much. I, I, it's been amazing to talk to you and I'm so thrilled you could come on. T- t-
1: tell me how people can get in touch with you or how they can find out more about what you do. Well, I have two websites, but it's probably, um, I <laughs> have one called change your mind yeah. I know it's a bit long and my new one where I'm really talking about relationships. I've got a load of videos on there. Um, Is MichelleParadise.com. However, my Michelle is spelled a little differently. So it's M I C H E L E P A R A D I S E dot com. And I have a, I have a YouTube channel with Havening videos on it to show people how to relax and calm down. And that's Mish Para, M I C H P A R A. I've got, you know, 50 or more videos on there that you can follow me, tips and, techniques and things like that.
0: I'll put these all up on the website as well so people can see them. Oh, thank Michelle, you. Thank
1: you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I hope you'll come back. Karen, thank you. I love to talk, especially subjects like this. You've been amazing asking me great questions. So thank you for for taking me on this journey with you. I appreciate it. That's all for today, everybody. I hope you'll join us on the next program and have a great
0: week.